My name is Jonathan Feiner, and right now I feel frustrated but optimistic about my running. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of The Running Brunch. I am our uh, no, undoubtedly secondary guest, Peter Cunningham. You say this every time. It's, and it's a fact. It. It's an absolute fact. And, Ben, uh, we are, are not in our typical studio at 1921 North Buckley Drive. Uh, you're welcome, listeners. For now, you know uh, my address, so come and stalk me. Uh, we're, not, we're not in Fayetteville, Arkansas for today's They episode. didn't know where you lived. Like, they didn't know the city. They had but, no idea. But now they do. They know more information than they need to know. And I'm going to leave it up to you, our producer, as to whether or not uh, that's going to stay in. Um, I'll so, just beep it out. I'll bleep it out. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Just boop. Yep. Uh, we are in Denver, Colorado. To be more specific, we are in Lakewood, Colorado. Lakewood. Uh, tell our listeners, uh, even more specifically, where we are today and why we're here. We are in a Belmar apartment. <laughs> the Lofts, I the believe. The Lofts, yes. I don't know the address, thankfully, because otherwise I'd have to also beep that out. That's probably a good thing. Um, and we are here, Peter and I have traveled from North Arkansas to Denver um, for a buddy of ours wedding, uh, Evan Verbal and Brooke Genevieve, now Brooke Verbal. Mm-hmm. Woot woot. Shout out to you guys. You guys are now happily married and we're so happy for you guys. Um, Brooke and Evan were teammates, teammates of ours when we were in college um, and we both got thankfully invites to the wedding and we're just happy to be here. So this whole weekend has been an awesome celebration of rekindling friendships, seeing old teammates, running a ton. Um, and then just overall having a blast. So. We, we probably saw a lot of people this weekend that at some point we would like to have on as guests, whether former coaches of ours, former teammates of ours, um, former people that we have coached, or yep. at least I have coached, um, uh, a lot of people we saw. And so if you're a listener right now and you uh, identify as one of those individuals, which you probably are one of them, uh, then then uh, be on the lookout for an invitation to be uh, a guest on our show in the future. Yeah, we're uh, actually thankful to be here. We uh, are staying at the uh, the house complex, the the bachelor pad, mm-hmm. the the place of being of our man Jonathan Finer. Um, Jonathan, we're so glad that you're here. Thanks, dudes. It's great to be with you. It's been a minute, but uh, just grateful to be here. Uh, encompassed by a wonderful time of some miles, some partying, some dancing, and. I'm stoked to be here. Right. Yeah. Jonathan, for those that you don't know, uh, is is another old teammate of ours. Um, I met Jonathan in 2011. Is that true? It is true. I met in 2011 on a with, on a charter bus. Uh, it was a short bus. It was a short bus. Uh, yes. People, not, not not a yellow mover. school bus short bus. No, it's just a, it was a shorter yes people mover as uh, those in the industry refer to it. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm just remembering incorrectly in that moment, but yeah, you're right. It was one of those. It was one of those people movers, yeah. and we are on our way to the athletes retreat that CCU hosts for all of the sports teams um, before the semester begins. And so it would have been what August 2011. Yep, probably second week of August. We uh, were sitting next to each other, and I was telling you this on the run this morning. Yeah. I, uh, being an only child, like to sometimes just be by myself and listen to my music and stuff, and, <laughs> and I did. Pe- Peter, this <laughs> Peter, this this new uh, athlete uh, sits down next to me, and we just start having a chat, and it actually ended up being the kindling of a wonderful friendship. Was was that actually like 
the moment we met. I feel like maybe we met in the gym right before we got on the bus. Yeah, I think we gathered as our different respective sports. Okay, so we, we were like, okay, this is a teammate of mine now, and right. so I guess it makes sense for us to sit next to each other, right. as opposed to just happens. Yeah, like I knew you had come up from Texas, you'd been in uh, school down there for mm-hmm. a bit, and yeah. had been in uh, Durango for the summer, I believe, yeah. leading yeah. up to that. So yeah. did y'all not practice or meet before heading to Athletes Retreat? Because that's what happened to me when I, it was like, we ran for almost a good three or four days before. Maybe y'all did. I mean, maybe the team uh, did before I got there. I don't know if y'all were Getting miles in before. Or do they just do move in different where, like, y'all move in the day that you also, like, it's more like drop your stuff off in your dorm and then we're going. I don't know. I think that was my first day on campus. Yeah, I want to say we hadn't been really allowed to practice because of NCAA rules. rules. And I think that was the first time we saw each other as a team um, since the, the break. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't stepped on campus before that day because. I'm, I still hold uh, firmly to the fact that I believe our coach at the time, Ryan Long, my first coach in college, um, he asked me to meet him at a Starbucks about 10 minutes away from campus. I'm pretty certain his reasoning was, at the time, CCU's campus was not a visually pleasing campus, uh, a lot of older buildings. Borderline um, a trailer park at the time. They're actually, some of the classrooms were, were in uh, buried uh, buried. Yep, that's were, right. Were they considered buried, or did they just put nice framing around the bottoms? Because that's what my high school did. Of like they trailer. Just framed them. Yeah, that they're they're just called portables. Okay. If yeah. we have any developers or architects out there, <laughs> feel free to reach out to the pod. We'd, we'd love to know the specifics <laughs> as to the potential uh, trailer status yeah, of yeah. our uh, former campus. Yeah. yeah. So basically, this now nowhere. No, near it's a beautiful the, campus it's now. Beautiful. Well done. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, he designed Valor High School as well when they were. Oh, Shannon um, Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Yeah, Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, Shannon. Like, <laughs> which is a, which is a, I believe a Jewish name, not a German name. I said it in a German accent. Maybe we he's... can cut this out. Um, Dreyfus. And so, uh, yeah, that was my first day on campus, and uh, and and honestly, I mean, as I said this this morning, a finer. Yeah, is that hitting good. hard? It's is that hitting hard? For not hitting hard, just really good. Good flavor. Very smooth. Yeah. Uh, this being the medium of podcast, uh, an audio medium, our listeners probably need to know instead of uh, getting to see that we're uh, part of our brunch this uh, this episode. Um, As Peter has established in our pilot episode, that mm-hmm. brunch sometimes encompasses a wonderful drink. Uh-huh. I have been gifted a small glass, a very mm-hmm. small tasting, Yeah, which is appropriate for the current beverage. What is it called? It's called Blanton's yeah. uh, Bourbons. Uh, those enthusiasts of you out there surely will know uh, of this glorious nectar. Uh, it hails from the hills of uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. and uh, Almost where if you hear the banjos playing, you're almost in the right spot. Oh, you're yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, totally. Distilled by Buffalo Trace. It's, it's now distilled at the Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is in Frankfurt, uh, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Um one of several bourbons that are now distilled there, oh. and it is uh, just a glorious, glorious oh. drink. 
and that's that's part of our brunch today, which which I think is a good segue into uh, our staple first question of of the podcast, which is uh, Jonathan. This being the running brunch, we we like to share brunch with people while we talk about running um, the the highs, the lows of uh, their running life. Um, we want to share a meal with you, and so today, um, Ben, why don't you tell our listeners uh, just what we are eating today, and then we will ask Finer to give us his definition of brunch, whether we accomplished uh, eating uh, quote-unquote brunch or not today. Right. So going back to like before we sat down, mm-hmm. we had we had laid out our brunch. Mm-hmm. We had gone, thankfully, Jonathan lives close enough. I, I, I can't call you Jonathan. I'm going to call you Finer. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. It's, it's weird to call me Jonathan. So fresh, um, so fine. So what? Oh, nine? <laughs> that was when I graduated high school. Nice. Um, so we walked to Whole Foods. We sat down. Well, we didn't sit down after walking to Whole Foods. We walked around the store. Everyone picked out their own brunch e-foods nice. after our nice little run this morning. We walked back to the apartment where we're currently sitting. We've laid it out on the counter. I am devouring some phenomenal fruit, some grapes, mm. pineapple, mm. some strawberries, some vanilla yogurt, low nice. fat, nice. Uh, actually skim milk, base yogurt. Uh, a meat, uh, a flavor, a, a whelming flavorful banana. Just chocolate. a nice whelming. It's whelming. Okay. Yep. Protein drink. Love it. Um, and uh, a breakfast burrito from a local place that they ship them to Whole Foods. What's it called? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a company out of Boulder. They make a few different varieties of breakfast burritos. And for those of you who ever stopped through uh, Lakewood, Colorado, please come to the Whole Foods in Belmar. Grab yourself one of the burritos. You won't be disappointed. It's actually one of our sponsors for today's episode. It's a nameless burrito that you can yep. buy at uh, Whole Foods. Um, yep. Whole Foods. And you had a hand pie. From Whole Foods, also I did right? have myself. A what hand is pie. a hand pie? So you know how sometimes uh, people's hands just are covered in apple uh, apples and or berries or uh, whipped cream and uh, and crust. You know how sometimes you see a person's hand covered in those. Yeah, things just walking like, around downtown Fayetteville. I just want to eat someone. one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I just I happened to, uh, upon a person at Whole Foods whose hand looked, you know. Remarkably like a pie, and I, I at least attempted to start nibbling on it. Um, no, uh, hand pies. I don't. I think. I think they're just. A, it's just a little kind of uh, maybe croissant type um, crust, flaky, flaky, fold over with egg, and um, which a friend of mine has been kind of trying to uh, course correct my pronunciation of egg recently. Um, I typically say egg. Um, with an A sound as opposed you, to an E. fluctuate up. Yeah, it's an egg. Like eggs and legs. We, this morning we ran with our legs. Um, and uh, and I think uh, subconsciously I've been no. changing the way. And I, I say eggs now. I feel I, good about myself. So it had eggs. It had some sausage. It had some kind of cheesy stuff in it. Okay. Um, and that was my hand pie. Cool. So. And finally, what did you have for, for your brunch? I had a most wonderful homemade at Whole Foods burrito uh, it was egg, potato, uh, cheese, and I believe maybe a little bit of green chili in there. And not the aforementioned uh, nameless Boulder burrito, but rather uh, ones made in the shop, uh, so you know it's good. Uh, and on top of that, I had an egg and cheese uh, breakfast biscuit, something of a egg McMuffin, if you will. Mm, okay. But obviously it was healthier because it was at Whole Foods. Yeah. Right. Um, and then on top of that, I had a... You on top of the 
Mm-hmm. Stacked it. No, this stacked. is so yes. I, I realize with you all, I need to be more specific. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We uh, will critique. No, and I, I, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, yeah, I had a lime sparkling water and an energy drink. Ooh. A yerba mate. Right? A yerba mate. Yes, uh, grapefruit ginger. Nice. The wow. uh, caffeination status was guy. glowing. Um, well, I'm brunette for those uh, listeners uh, listening. True. Yeah. Yes, I need to be. I need to be more clear now. You are. I would say you're a, an above average sized brunette gentleman, as opposed to a big ginger gentleman. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's true. So um, that was that was my brunch this morning. I, cool. It was very satisfying. After a, after a long run, I usually go for the the burrito or something mm-hmm. heavy in salt and taste. Yeah. So, Finer, what is your if if you someone said Finer, we're having brunch today. They give you no other information. They just say, hey, we're having brunch. Meet me there. Yeah. They, they give you a place. Like, they just say, come over, or they give you a restaurant, whatever. What is your expectation of what is brunch? They don't tell you time. They don't tell you the food that they expect you to eat, whatever. It's just, here's the, here's the place. We're having brunch. Yep. Uh, so, I was out east in Washington, D.C. for about five and a half years, and therefore have been influenced because they take brunch out there incredibly seriously. Oh. And it's almost an all-day affair. But... Uh, my go-to, one of my go-tos, probably top go-to, uh, is like an Eggs Benedict with some home fries. So that's kind of like the the squared potatoes, mm-hmm. if you will, little cubies, yeah. little cubie action, uh, and uh, probably a little bit of a mimosa along with a couple cups of coffee. Okay, that's is there a, is there a time frame, or like the rest of the meal that's on the menu as well? Is there is there a mainstay or like a staple that needs to be required for something to be called brunch? Or is it just, that's what you expect with brunch? It doesn't matter if say time, eggs. place, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'd say for food, eggs eggs are the uh, the mainstay for me in terms of what I consider brunch. Yeah. Okay. And does it matter when you eat brunch? Uh, in my mind, I envision brunch anywhere from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Wow. Okay, oh, pushing it back a little bit. Fascinating. I like that. Yeah, like I, I said, like DC that. takes it. It can be an all-day affair sometimes. So, okay. uh, so would you if you started brunch? But you have to. Okay, brunch. I should clarify. You have to start before noon. Okay. For well, it to be brunch, yes. And then you can take the festivities. Okay. In uh, the afternoon, it, as opposed to if you were to eat all of those same things: eggs Benedict, uh, home fries, um, a mimosa. But you started eating that, you know, those uh, treats at. Uh, 1.30 p.m., what is that? Is that no longer brunch? Like, you got to the event, everyone began the event at 1.30 p.m., here's an Eggs Benedict, here's a mimosa, here's some home fries. You're like... But, you were, you, but you were told that it was brunch. Well, let's wait. I mean... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty uh, specific. I'm going to say that, that that's, that's lunch, even though you, it's, it's mm-hmm. like breakfast at dinner time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. many people do that. Mm-hmm. So I would say, in, in my mind, the definition of brunch necessarily encapsulates the morning time. Okay. And so if you do if you start at twelve PM on the dot, you're officially in the lunch You're eating breakfasty foods and mm-hmm. drinking a fruity booze drink at, at lunchtime. Correct. For lunch. Correct. Okay. Wow. Yeah we all know that that is not what I think, but we yeah. don't we don't need to get back into that. We've we've hashed it out and it's fine, but yeah. I support you in your decision to. I don't. I don't think that you're wrong. Yeah. I definitely know that I am the wrong one. Well, what I love about this podcast, and I feel like in all of our episodes so far, we've uh, really wanted to hit home on the message that, despite disagreeing 
on things, we can coexist as runners and as podcasters and as brunchers. Yeah. Um, and so if, if our li- listeners get anything from this podcast, it's the coexisting despite disagreeing on when food should be eaten and what food should be eaten in that time frame. Boom. Yeah. I believe Ron Burgundy calls it agreeing to disagree. <laughs> That's that, that he would say that. Yeah, yeah. he would say he that. He said a lot of other things. He, he did, and, and I know that when he said that statement, it wasn't in the context of determining the appropriate brunch, but uh, yeah. nonetheless. But a burrito, which may have been a breakfast burrito, definitely ruined his life. It did. Yes, it took away his good friend Baxter, unfortunately, uh, for for a time before Baxter yeah. heroically returned. His lovely little gentleman. <laughs> I cannot add to this. I don't ben, know. Anchorman get us on the rails. Let's, anyway. let's, let's kind of check into uh, phase two of, of the episode for the day. Yeah, phase two. So we've been in Denver for what? Three days now? Saturday. For, got here pretty good on Thursday. Pretty I'm, good. I got here pretty good. Yeah, pretty good on Thursday. Uh, like early enough the day where it's like we didn't get here like Thursday night. Yeah. Yep. We got here there enough in the day to where be we done. can say that we were here on things Thursday. Things to be done, things to accomplish on yeah, Thursday. Exactly. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so we've been here for roughly three days now. Um, we have gone on three different runs. Uh, we did a nice little workout downtown in the REI. What is, in Northwest Arkansas, we have the Greenway. Yep, you know? so this was the Cherry Creek Trail. Okay. Um, cool. inter- intersects with the Platte River Trail. But in college, we did many uh, pr- specific progression tempos on this trail because it's relatively flat. It's a little uphill going out. And then when you turn around and have to go faster going back, you got a little net downhill. But yeah. Uh, yeah, nice little area, shaded yeah. in many parts. We were really just trying to get get all of the reminiscent mm-hmm. trails that we that Peter and I have missed, yeah. um, that you still get to enjoy. Yep, we we've just been trying to have little flashbacks. Um, so we hit that trail, had a great time. You had a great workout. You're on the build up. We'll get a little bit more into that here later. Um, I had a great run. Peter ran seven, seven and a half miles. Yeah, which is um, which as our phenomenal. listeners know, I'm I'm getting uh, back in the running world. I was pretty happy with uh with that and there was a, a little bit of speed um in some of those miles yeah trying to control myself right now yeah it's awesome um and then today we woke up we, well last night let's kind of preface this we last night we went to the wedding yeah uh had a blast again congrats brick and evan y'all are incredible there is a ton of runners there and everyone that we saw that we previously previously ran with we just said hey tomorrow morning six o'clock water canyon and it, that was where we did all of our long runs in college. It's a, it's a place that I talk about with people in Northwest Arkansas saying that there is no other perfect place for yeah. a long run yeah. besides Waterton Canyon. Yeah. Net uphill on the way out, very steep grade. You barely tell that you're climbing. Yeah. And on the way down, you just fly. Yeah. Um, so we went out there. We had probably 15 people yeah. of our teammates, previous teammates, coaches, our current uh, JVU athletes show up. Yeah. Um, had a blast. I did 15. Uh, I think, right? Yes, 15. Mm-hmm. Finer, you did... I did at 14. 14. And I surprised myself with 11 today. Yeah. Uh, there were there <laughs> were some nice breaks in between. I think I went five out and then let Ben go ahead, and I kind of uh, paused and sat by the river for a little bit, uh, had some alone time, and then uh, got to kind of regain my composure and turned around when, when Finer and a group of people running 14 uh, had come back my way. So, yeah, yeah. It's a good day. My legs definitely felt the 15. I had not run that long in a very long time. So I was towards... Maybe since long runs in college? Um, I You might be... Nah, maybe. Strava said it was your longest recorded run. I think run. so. So I might have just been doing 14 when I was training for the half hmm. or um, last yeah. fall. Yeah. 
Because sometimes Strava and Garmin lie to me, and they're like, this is your longest run, and then it's like, I know I've run further. Anyway, um, but yeah, it was great. I With about 13 miles done, three to two to go, my legs were starting to feel that. I'm tired. I don't know what's going on. So it was nice to kind of feel that exhaustion a little bit today. Um, tomorrow, I've just got, I'm going to double tomorrow, I'll do nine and three. Nope, nine and six. That's the right number. Not six and three? Six and nine. 69. Yep. Six in the morning, 99. You or 15 yeah. tomorrow? Total? Yeah. Holy smokes. Pretty good math. Yeah. <laughs> Fast math. Yeah. Um, Got to get those miles in. Got to get up to that, that 67 miles a week. So, yeah. Um, I think I'll have at least one of you on one of those runs, which will be great. Possibly both if we wake up super early, but probably not. I mean, I'm supposed to be done, but I'll run, a, I'll jog a few with you. Ooh, also, go. the Denver airport uh, necessitates. At least a two-hour, uh, yeah, true. Before takeoff, maybe before boarding arrival. Yeah, so that would be a really early yes. run. And uh, I'm not feeling it. No, thank you. No. Um, yeah, so that's where we are in our running. Um, kind of transitioning in from. Unless you guys have something else you want to add from mm. how you're feeling. How have, Peter? We know that your calves have been kind of a, a staple issue. You're mm-hmm. recovering from falling off your bike. Um, what did What did the last uh, the last three days of training look like for you? Yeah. How's that felt? Um, thankfully, none of the things that I went with y'all on required me to go like anything quicker than like a seven minute pace. I may have done like a short little blip maybe with you. Maybe Yeah. Yeah. Um, at maybe six Ugh. minute pace. Like five. I ran, I ran 5.50, so. Okay. Um, so maybe about 1,200 at like a 5.50. Um so, uh, pretty pleased with how my calves held up. I've been doing a little bit of just at home, um, just stretches and things for my calves to um, kind of carry myself between PT appointments. And so, uh, pretty pretty happy with how they they held up. Uh, a slight just kind of concern and worry as just uh, spots that have acted up uh, over the the years. Uh, I felt them talking to me slightly nothing uh nothing that would stop me in the middle of a run or, or stop me from trying but for sure still in caution zone and um but happy to get seven and a half miles and 11 miles in um in, in the last three days that's that's fun for me to to do when i think looking at the last few years for you especially like post-college and, mm-hmm. and as you've transitioned to professional career i think you know your, your calves have always been that bothered you even during college to my yeah. recollection and yeah. so it's sweet to see you able to put in some some miles like that the last few days yeah real fun yeah Hunter, how how is uh and right literally i think right after this question <laughs> we'll go right into our segment with specifically about you mm-hmm. um how have the last three days running with us have both felt kind of like emotionally like for your heart and then also just physically what did they look like how's it How's that been looking? Yeah, emotionally, the miles have flying by, flown by. I mean, I do most of my training alone with the exception of uh, once or twice a week running with with some folks either for a long run or for a workout. But by and large, I'm, I'm solo in it. And so not only to be running with people, but running with, with good friends whom uh, we've spent many miles with, with together previously has just been uh, truly remarkable and really joyful. Uh, and I think just it's one of the you know, from the 30,000 foot view, it's one of the things that makes running so great is, is this is what it's all about. I mean, you look at the East Africans and they run in groups of 20, 30, 40 and 
one of the reasons why they're so good. And so uh, that coupled with just re- reminiscing on the memories and talking about just ridiculous shenanigans <laughs> from traveling to meets and practices and, and you know, things when we're not running, when we were hanging out, uh, has just been really good. And uh, just hanging out with the dudes, again, has been awesome. 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 How's your body felt over doing? Because I know you did a little bit more than you should have yesterday or that you planned on doing yesterday. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, so I... You want me to just jump in? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just cool. go right into it. Okay. So you, you said that you are feeling... What, what are you feeling again, remind us? Uh, at the moment, I am uh, frustrated but optimistic. And the reason for that is uh, I've had... Pretty much since 2015, I've switched over to marathons and I've had a pretty successful, um, mostly injury-free uh, time there and um, I've built up some decent fitness. And so last fall, last year into the fall, I was building up for CIM out in California in December and about a month, literally a month before the race actually, uh, came down with COVID. What's, what, before we move on, what's yeah. CIM? Uh, California International Marathon. Okay. I 15 out of 10 recommend it. It's... Point to point starts in Folsom. Uh, so Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues no starts in that same town. You end in downtown Sacramento. Uh, it's been the U.S. the USA Marathon Champs a couple times, I believe. Mm. And it's a net downhill course, kind of some rolling hills, but really good weather. There's people out and about, and um, just really an awesome race. So nice. So you got COVID. Yeah, so I got COVID. Had to tried to. Didn't initially scratch after I got COVID, but after a few days, I was only able to run three or four miles at a time at a, at a slow pace. I was like, that's just not worth it. So mm-hmm. scratched and found myself in a premature uh, end of season. And then about a month later, actually skied into a tree, which I don't recommend. 15 which out was of 10. not a part of your training. Not program. a part of the training, correct. The crashing part. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Where, where, um, do you, where were you skiing at? I was at Breckenridge. So ah, it was, it was Breck. the first run of the day and... Um, oh, wow. was going down some bumps that I'd done a thousand times before and just a little uh, unlucky break. Um, it seems opposite of uh, my experience in mountain biking. It's always like, okay, last run, that's when you wreck your bike. Apparently so you for you. La- you don't call last run. You never call last run. Two more skip the last. Apparently yeah. for you, when it comes to skiing, it's first run. Yeah, it's hilarious. Really hey, enjoy the first run. <laughs> <laughs> Smash. I was just, I was cocky and it was bad. But it uh, turns out trees are rather sturdy and... <laughs> they're, uh, they're so strong. They're rather thick. Yes. Yeah. Especially the, the older ones. Gosh. Oh, you didn't you didn't didn't hit a little young buck. You hit the one that's been there probably since before Breck was a thing. Yeah, I I, oh. I would wager on that. I for always sure. aim for the small trees. Yes, <laughs> put them in their place. That's yeah. right. Uh, so nailed it. Thought it would knock the wind out of me. Hurt for a bit. Drove down. Went to the ER and took about eight weeks or so for that to fully heal. Wait, what healed? Did I miss it? Oh, my three ribs that I broke. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So broke a few ribs, and because uh, I was starting to run a little bit a few days a week again after COVID, because it took me out for a bit, and then that prolonged my uh, delay from returning. Mm-hmm. And then on Super Bowl Sunday, I was having some people over, and I was cheering for the Bengals because uh, I cheered for the underdog. Come on, and uh, Joey Burrow. Whereas uh, Benny, uh, one of our JV runner, likes to call them, he calls them the Cincinnati Bagels. Um, but he is German, so <clears throat> he's confused. I may call them the bagels. Maybe yeah. that's who Scott was talking about when he talks about bingels. It might be talking about bingels. That's a good point. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. 
Uh, so they scored their first touchdown. The, bang, the, the bagels yeah. scored their first touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And I got up and ran around the apartment and uh, ran my pinky, left pinky toe into one of my uh, uh, recliner chairs. And uh, it turned out I broke the, the toe. So that put me out for another month or so. Yeah. So I got very out of shape over the course of three and a half months. And on top of that, you know, my job that I work is, is very busy and, and entails some long hours. So didn't really start running again until, gosh, early April, I would say. And even then was a very humbling return. Um, I was running five minutes at a time, walk for a minute and doing that three times. And, you know, coming from being able to knock out a 20, 22 mile long run no problem. It's right. a, it's a frustrating uh, regression to go back to that. No. What I what I love about this though, I because um, hopefully we end up having some listeners that uh, maybe have considered running or are just uh, friends of ours, uh, but have always said there's no way I could run. Every time I try to run, it just it's so hard. It's painful. It's whatever. Um, and so just like cool evidence. From a guy who's run Boston a couple times, yep, uh, three times. You've run Boston three yeah. times, and and that PR person of two forty yep. for the marathon, yep, which is not slow, right? It's like six flats. <laughs> Depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> some people uh, that will be listeners can't even run a six minute mile, yep. and so for someone to run six minutes on average across twenty six point two miles, um, not to degrade uh, them, but just to that's, pump up that's your fast. ego. We yes, really want to just get the air pump out. Full disclosure: I have. More respect for people that are out there running four or five hour marathons because I mean, yes, those of us who are a little bit faster are like we're done early, but y'all are still out there slugging it out. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, the um, endurance y'all have is pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah, but all, all that to say, just like the the fact that you have been a two forty marathoner and yet because of time away from running, the first uh, what is it week, two weeks, three weeks coming back from it are are miserable running for five minutes walking catching your breath which is like i i attempt to uh convince people considering or uh avoiding running i attempt to convince them that uh that it's difficult for all of us and the uh and every single person if they're jumping back into running for the first time uh then like the first few weeks are going to be really hard and uh there's a reason why it's called an, an endurance sport especially when you're trying to get into it. It takes some endurance in order to get to a point where you actually enjoy any bit of the run. Um, so you're, you're, you're doing what all these uh, uh, avoiding runners are doing. Right, and I would say part of the reason I say frustration is because it's been a few months. I mean, I've been running consistently now five, six days a week for uh, three months, roughly, and I still feel like I'm very far behind where I should be. And what I've learned uh, with some uh, perspective recently is like, you just, I, I think I took for granted all those years of compounded fitness that built up year after year. And all it takes is a couple months away. And uh, I just have a lot more respect for the people that keep getting at it day after day because doing core, stretching, rolling, you know, speed workout once or twice a week, long run, like all of these things that are just second nature for those of us who've been doing it for such a long time, when that's taken away and you have to return to it, it makes you realize, gosh, that's just a lot of work and it takes a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think while I'm frustrated, uh, I also think at the same time, I just have a greater respect for the sport and for the people that uh, get out there and get after it, um, especially you know those doing like a, a 
couch to 5k or something like that because yeah. i know i mean it it you don't see success for a while in this sport i mean even the top runners you know work long hours and put in tons and tons of, of effort to just get five seconds off their pb mm-hmm. you know their personal best and so uh, i am just kind of going through that little valley right now but uh, I think one of the cool things about this trip of you guys being here has been like, I've had a few runs where I'm like, okay, I'm actually like on the right trajectory. It may just take a little longer than I'd, I'd like, but uh, those of you know, those of us who have reached those those peaks, um, you know, know that it's worth it to keep going. And sometimes you just need someone running by you in order for you to realize, oh, my fitness level is higher than it than I thought it was. Right. It's easier to get out, you know, not be in your head, right? Yeah. When you're running with people, 100%. you got talking. You're, whether it's you're talking or you're not talking to each other, like the simple fact that like someone else is kind of working hard with you makes you be like, okay, I got this. Right. Uh, we got this. There's no way I'm running 11 miles by myself <laughs> if I was if I was back home this morning. There's, there's no way I would even like get to a point mentally where I would choose to endure 11 miles. Right. Um, so Finer, when you, so let's, let's rewind to maybe three months ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, in your headspace of you're finally over COVID, you're like, okay, I can get back on the ball. I've only had a couple weeks off, maybe a month or two. My fitness hasn't really dropped that much. Um, obviously, pending COVID, all that good stuff. Then you break your ribs. Once that happens, what is your mental state like at that point? Not going to lie, I was probably depressed. I mean, I think when something like running that gives you a massive endorphin and serotonin boost day after day when that is taken away and suddenly you're not getting that I think it's easy to become very introspective and wonder like oh gosh what am I going to do to spend all this energy that I have because running for me has provided just such a uh, good influence on my life for creating healthier habits for uh, giving me opportunities to get out and explore like doing trail runs running in various places and seeing cities and, and areas that uh, I wouldn't. And so when that was taken away, it was definitely very difficult. But again, it started this this thought process of, man, just didn't realize how good I had. And it's not that I took it maybe for granted or didn't appreciate it, but just that reminder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rewinding even further, I feel like your story and experience of running in college and the, the highs and or lows of that um, being a precursor to the personal success you've had uh, running marathons since then I feel like can be a good encouragement or just good for our, our listeners and just for, for us to, to hear so tell, tell our listeners kind of like what your uh, career of running in college looked like mm-hmm. and how it uh, then morphed into what it is now yeah so I walked on to the cross country team at Colorado Christian my freshman year uh, we had seven or eight guys on the team, I want to say, and fastest time that they were running for uh, five miles cross-country race was probably low 26 minutes, um, maybe high 25 on like once or twice during the season. But I was running like six thirty-seven minute miles, which for Division two college running is like many guys' easy days. Uh, and specifically within the Army. Yeah, I mean, so is... the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference that, that CCU is in that uh, also includes Western State, Adams State, Colorado School of Mines, who compete nationally for the championship year after year. 
I mean, my first race, uh, so I didn't race my, my freshman year, but I was very slow. Um, second year, when I really invested myself into the team, first race ever, uh, I finished like second or third to last. It was at uh, CU Boulder. Um, also, shout out Emma Coburn. You were running there, and I actually had a gold Sharpie with that I wanted to get your uh, autograph with, but I didn't actually do it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you didn't finish the race uh, early enough to catch her. Yeah, she was gone. She was long gone. She was probably at brunch, actually. Uh, <laughs> That's a hard course. I'm guessing it's it was the it, course then that it was that we ran on. It was. It was the Buffalo it was Ranch. The, the the shootout. Yeah, yeah. The shootout. Yeah, where yeah. Uh, it has that that like like hundred meter long hill. Uh, that's basically filled with wood chips. It's not a it's not a uh, stable and smooth incline either. No, it's very steep, yeah. and I just was not prepared for it. I went out fast because the everyone whole, there the was very fast. Thing is fast. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I came in second or third to last, and was very upset at myself. And in that moment, just decided something in my brain, a flip switch, and was like, you know what, I'm gonna just work really hard and make sure that this doesn't happen again. And mm. so um, what could have been a very uh, discouraging situation gave me the opportunity to choose, nope, I'm going to lean into this, I'm going to work hard, and uh, it put me on the uh, glide path to just working hard and... What is, yeah. for you, what is, what is working hard? Like when, when you say that, what, what did that end up looking like over the course of your four years? Yeah, I think taking nutrition, seriously, it's all the little things. It's not mm. just the running, right? Uh, it's not just nailing workouts, but in order to do that, you know, you're, you're drinking water, you're eating decently well, um, you're making sure you're getting good sleep and it's just the, the little things like that. It's rolling, stretching, doing strength work and using, um, that motivation of okay, I don't want to be second or third to last ever again. And there's even I feel like some even college runners uh, still uh, neglect to just do what their coach has laid out for them. And so so like yes, there's the little mm-hmm. things, but but I know for myself and and I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, sophomore year running you know second to last mm-hmm. there was even a bit of you know, coach says to run these miles on the weekend and, and either I don't run on the weekend by myself or I don't run the full distance that I'm supposed to run. Um, if I'm supposed to get a recovery run in the afternoon after a workout in the morning, it's like, oh, I mean, like how, how important could it be? And so like, like, yeah, it is the little, the little things like stretching and food and sleep mm-hmm. and, and water and whatnot. But sometimes it's even just like just doing what the coach tells you to do as far as workouts. Go. Do what coach says. And it goes from either like doing what, what they prescribe you know, and not slacking off and not doing the three or five mile double. Yeah. But it also means not doing more than what they prescribe to, yeah. which I think a lot of high school and college athletes uh, deal with is mm-hmm. because they, they feel that they need to go that extra bit. And I think what happens oftentimes is you end up getting hurt, whether you get a stress fracture or you get burned out. One, right. of, my, one of my favorite quotes from uh, one of my college coaches, Josh Kuhn, uh, he would always say it's better to be ten percent undertrained than one percent overtrained. I just, yep. I just thought that was gold. Yeah, yeah. And shout out Josh. Josh has coached me uh, not only my senior of college, but uh, he's been coaching me through my my running for the last seven years since twenty fifteen. So, yeah. 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 What would you say your biggest um, difficulty throughout your four years was? There ever a recurring thing that would keep coming up that made it difficult to get? good training or quality like a quality season 
Um, and if there wasn't, great. Um, what were some other minor things that would pop up? Or if there was one main thing, what was that? Yeah, so sophomore year, I had a really good year. Like I said, I just leaned into it after that first race. And by the end of the year, I was uh, running into the 29s, which for me, uh, 29 minutes for, for a five-mile race, which is about 550s or so. And, and that was a pace that I'd never run before because I didn't run before college, really. And so uh, sophomore year, had really good time. Um, but... To give a bit more perspective about me, um, I had a blood clot when I was 18, and so I had to live on um, blood thinners for my life. And so um, I had another blood clot in 2010 that we caught early, but I switched medicines. And the medicine I switched to temporarily ended up giving me anemia. And so coming off of that sophomore year in college where I had a good success and I was all fired up to train, I did. I had a really good summer. And the year when Peter came in to uh, CCU, I had the worst season ever. I, like could hardly do a finish a workout of like you know five by a mile or something like that and I was literally finishing last at races because I was just like incapable of of sustaining not only a fast pace but just like a pace at all and so junior year was a really tough challenge for me uh thankfully uh, got that fixed and um after that got back on the right track and so senior year was back on the horse, but still was feeling the effects, I think, of, of anemia and my body still recovering from having incredibly low iron. And so my mentality switched from aiming to be the fastest, which I was never going to be, I think I was always like the you know, seventh or eighth guy in the team, because we by then we had some really fast guys, such as the two before me. Um, but at that point, it was more about just like appreciating the competition. Uh, and so I know that really doesn't necessarily answer your question, but... No, it I think does. I think like sophomore year was like kind of a peak, junior year was a valley, and then senior year wasn't quite a peak because I didn't like race incredibly well, like fast, but I was at least ha- healthy and happy to be healthy, and I think that just kept the fire going. Did you so senior year shifted your mindset, um, but didn't necessarily um, have probably the uh, times and racing success that you would have wanted, uh, obviously shifting to your mindset of like, what is success in a season? Uh, but was there a time coming like out of that senior year where you, uh, thought maybe, maybe I'm kind of just done with running. Was there like a fork in the road and you chose the, I'm going to continue trying to be a runner, which led then to where you are now? Yeah. I think after I, I, the, so senior year, I think I worried less about my, my times. Yes, it was frustrating, but I just appreciated the team. I mean, we had a really solid group of guys that were really tight. Mm-hmm. And coming out of that, the fire to run was still there. But after graduating um, and, and starting a, a career, my immediate mindset was less concerned about like racing fast and rather just continuing to run because mm-hmm. I loved it. And mm-hmm. it was that like fix that I kind of needed every day it was quiet time for me time to get away and so just doing it at, at a recreational level so yeah. to speak um not necessarily competitive um is, is where i moved to mentally but i loved it yeah awesome um so now that you are oh man almost 10 years it's crazy like away from man that's weird i'm 10 years ago i was a freshman in college that's <laughs> nuts um Ten years removed. Also, side note, I, as a freshman, as a person, until literally right now where I'm sitting in front of this microphone talking to you, I did not know that you struggled with anemia. I mm-hmm. did not know that was what <laughs> was your struggle. You thought, you thought just 
there's this guy on the team that was just kind of slow. Not even slow, but well, just I don't like think, that. I don't think you were on the team because you, my no, senior well, you year, you didn't. You didn't have it. it. I, you may have been on. You may have been on your blood thinner thinner oh, yeah. at the time. Yep. But like, I didn't know that that was a thing for you. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah so I is remember... that something that you kept more of like only the needs to know needs to know, or is that um, like was that more of a public information, or just if someone asked you about why you potentially would be running slower than like let's say you're at a family dinner or someone mm-hmm. who knows that you're a runner is like oh well how's your season going and you're like oh is that going as well they ask you do you bring that up do you keep it on the down low i'm very open about it but i don't like to bring that stuff up and kind of create this whether it's a type of victim status or inviting mm-hmm. pity i don't want that uh, i think junior year, our first race of the year was at fort lewis in durango and i finished that race but again like i said finished dead last and like i after the words i mean again first summer where i was like eh, maybe second summer but where i was like training i was following coach long's um daily workouts for me and runs and yet and but when this happened i didn't know i had anemia that yeah. i didn't find right. that out until after the season uh, when i went up to the mayo clinic in minnesota and i was just beside myself I was distraught after the race and she was was just mad all year long because we didn't know what was going on and here I'm watching you know Pete and and other teammates uh, get faster as the season goes on and and I'm doing the same workouts essentially but I'm Mm. not I'm you know like running in place kind of literally and uh, just prayed I mean yeah after that first race I was like I cried I was like God what are you trying to teach me I tried to have some perspective it was hard not to be angry Um, but just stuck it out and you know I think having the team was huge for me a a lot of them were just really encouraging to me and um, moving forward I was like okay now that I'm healthy just take advantage of it because I guess part of that is you just you don't know what the next day is going to bring so I I I know that's a little cliche but that's kind of where I came to I think I think a big thing from that is realizing that if if a training block isn't going well, you're doing the, you're doing the things, you're doing the small things, you're doing the big things, and results aren't coming. It may not actually be something that's in your control. You may need to be seeking some kind of external medical look, like a look. I think that is a huge thing that I think people that are entering the sport or have been in the sport for a long time refuse to do because like no i just need to work harder when in fact you could be working harder to 100 times percent like you could be working that much harder but if there's something actually going on with your body that you can't control you need to get that figured out um so i think that's a great just kind of a perspective of like you said you were doing the things that peter was doing you're doing the thing that long Mm -hmm. was telling you to do Mm -hmm. you're doing the extras but there was actually nothing that you could be doing besides seeking medical help to make you better um, so I think that that's a, that alone is a is a phenomenal lesson to learn for those mm-hmm. of you who are sitting at home who are, you, you may be stuck in a rut you may be wondering why your training's not going well and you may need to seek some sort of help whether it's a phys, like physio Peter you're seeing a physio for your calf um, Finer you said you went to the Mayo Clinic you can go to an urgent care whatever it is seek some of some kind of external help if your training is stagnating without results like if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and nothing's changing. There could be something going on biologically. I feel like uh, it's important for athletes in general, but for sure runners uh, and probably just human beings, to accept 
that it's actually really healthy to acknowledge weakness and brokenness, whether we're talking emotional or just like uh, physicality as an athlete. There's no way that I'm going to start going to a physical therapist or go to the trainer to have them work on my calves or go to the coach to talk about what I'm feeling in my body and why I think that might be connected to not racing well. I'm not going to do that if I have this mindset of I've got to be uh, super strong and it's like it's this toughness that's going to uh, get me through uh, workouts or, or races or um, whatnot and, and obviously like in the middle of a race there's a need to muster up some different level of toughness and grit that I've just got this and I'm going to beat my my opponents but that's uh, that's after uh, all the time leading up to it that might require going I'm not okay and it's in the not okay that then other people can come alongside and and help you get to be at a, a racing caliber or um, just y- your best possible fitness for what, whatever the event is. Yeah. Um, Finer, my last question for you is now that you are 10 years removed from that, you're post-COVID, post-broken ribs, post-broken pinky toe, um, now that you're you're back on the the up and up, we ran together this past weekend. It's phenomenal. What are your uh, your upcoming goals, whether they're short term, long term? Um, what are you just hoping to get out of this next season of running? Yeah, next up for me is just getting healthier, kind of getting back to the fitness that I know uh, I can operate at uh, this fall. Probably look at uh, a faster half marathon um, if that goes well enough. I feel as though I'm in a good place. Um, I may look to uh, redemption at CIM uh, in December. And beyond that, I would love to, I mean, my immediate goal for marathon, I think is the break into the 230s. I think, I was thinking about it this morning, actually on the run, of the last three marathons that I've been signed up for, I had to scratch from CIM because of COVID. Uh, Boston Marathon in 2019, I was in incredible shape. I was probably like, dare I say 235 237 shape you and dare say I, I dare say uh, I do I double dog, dog I say? triple dog dare ah, say yeah. I'm more of just a dog dare not even not a, not a double dog not even saying single dog it's just I dog dare you okay so but I mean you can you can say triple dog if you have to <laughs> uh, about two weeks before uh, Boston I was biking from work to uh my running store where I was going to do a short run with the, the crew and uh, ended up uh, doing an endo over my handlebars and broke my elbow. Am uh, I due for an endo now? They're pretty cool. <laughs> they are sweet. I did it in front of a bunch of tourists in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it was amazing. Mm. Uh, but again, do not recommend doing it. And so was able to still run the marathon. I had a, some bruised ribs and broken elbow, but um, just did not <laughs> run to what I could have. And, uh, and then 2020 uh, happened and kind of was able to train really well because uh, we were all working remote. And uh, that's where I ran my 240. So hoping to just break that 240 barrier, um, which um, should feel like lowing and fruit, but I think um, they got to just take it one step at a time. And then long term, would love to get into the 220s if possible, but just going to be grateful for being healthy and, and running honestly in the short term sweet yeah uh maybe maybe at least my last question mm-hmm. yeah uh, totally tell no, us Peter, you you are not allowed to ask i have the last no i'm just kidding you do. well then tee up your last question because <laughs> here's my last one uh tell us about uh your most um 
tell us about your your new teammate, the 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 furball teammate that, that resides with you here in your apartment. Uh, just our listeners need to know about him. Yes, he is uh, at the moment a 13-week-old golden retriever. His full name is Theodore Ruffsevelt, uh, and I call him Teddy, which is perfect because he's a little furball, like literally a teddy bear. Sweetest little guy. Uh, he is uh, not actually in the apartment right now. He's with uh, my, my girlfriend over with her, but he what, is just... What kind of dog is he? Golden retriever. Mm, okay. uh, in, at least, like, looking at him, he doesn't look like a great running partner. No, he will not be a runner. He okay. very much gets the zoomies, but I think he runs about a block, and he's like, I'm over this. So okay. maybe he's more of a uh, Michael Johnson or Justin Gatlin. Mm. You can do your 100s, 200 strides with you. It would be perfect for it. Yeah. 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 Now, granted, if I had food, maybe that would change things. <laughs> have when you I... thought about Mulan, mm. you know, they have a great way to train their dog. Mm-hmm. They tie a carrot to the front, and it spreads the chicken feed. Have you thought about just tying a carrot to the front of him or a dog well, tree? Well, I haven't. It's funny. You oh, should... no, it's a bone. He puts a bone in Was front of there him. a dog in Mulan? Yes. Did you miss the entire first scene where she, instead of actually feeding the chicken, she just ties a bone to the stick over the top of the dog and she <laughs> sends it off? And Is it... this the cartoon <laughs> Mulan? Yes. And it spreads out the chickens, like the rice for the chickens. I've never seen Mulan. Man, that's like one of my favorite scenes. I feel like I walked into the theater late and every time I've put it on Disney Plus, I, I, I probably, you know, just a quick... Uh, quick closing of my eyes in the opening scene. So good. Um, yeah. So Teddy, uh, he's the man. Not great runner. Not a great runner. Great snuggler. And he, great uh, at least currently, his fur doesn't look like Airbud uh, color. Yeah, not yet. But he's his, so Golden's the their ear color is typically what their full body will be. So it's, it'll get a little bit darker, kind of like that medium golden kind of yeah. what your uh, your. So maybe golden. one day he'll be dunking basketballs like. Airbud. Would love that. Yeah, there definitely no gonna get him against it. Yes. Gonna get there are no rules against it. Against dogs playing that. That's that's the big air button. You're telling clause. me that if like the Denver Nuggets right now wanted to sign Have you seen Airbud? I it's been so long. There there's no rule against it. That's the big thing where they're like, A dog can't play basketball and he's like, Well there's no rules prohibiting. Yeah. All I that's one right. of the few things I remember remember about Airbud is the the actor, the villain who looks kinda like Paul Giamatti. It might be Paul might Giamatti. Be. Um, I remember him dressing up like a clown and trying to uh, dog not, now. Not Paul G- Giamatti, for the record, okay. but, but he does. He looks like him. He, yep, he does. So Paul, uh, so, you know, just I'm, I'm not saying that I know all of your filmography, but uh, since you're listening to this, uh, forgive me for, for not knowing everything you've been in. <sighs> um, but, I, would, I would like to get Teddy some, some Air Jordans, though. Done. I, <laughs> really good idea. I, I think. Okay, that's a good idea. Awesome. Uh, this next section we call our, our reps portion. So we're going to be doing some like some quick uh, repeats. Some quick repeats. Yeah. Um, so, Finer, what is your uh, all time favorite running shoe that you've ever run in? Goodness gracious. I. You have not even left the starting line. You have a 200 repeat and you are behind all your teammates quicker. My goodness. I. They are now at the 100 meter mark. <laughs> yeah. The Saucony Endorphin Pro um, is a, I love that shoe. Um, I, man. We'll go with that. Okay. Endorphin Pro. Yeah. Uh, finer. Uh, favorite thing to knack on in the middle of a marathon? Knack? Yeah, or snack on. Snack on. Oh, uh, Morton 
Joe. Uh, it's just hashtag sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Hit us up, Morton. Come Hit on. Us, yeah, uh, incredible. Uh, typically, if it's the if it's middle of the race, probably going the the calf caffeinated gel. Okay. Love it. Sweet. Yeah. Um, you you are going out for a hard workout. Uh, you are going to be at a track that you know other people are going to be at. What is your go-to outfit, top to bottom, real quick? Uh, navy blue Tracksmith half tights. I may actually wear the matching Tracksmith singlet uh, or just a white singlet. And white socks made by Stance, big fan. And probably my Nike Next Percents. Okay. Finder, if you could pick one... Uh current or previous finer if you could pick one current or former professional distance runner to run 10 miles with just to converse with uh who would you pick i think i would say oh that's tough i want to say either scott fobble or meb kifleski okay i think meb would be great just because his story of coming to america and getting to ucla and then you know, going and winning a, a medal in the marathon at Athens is just, and, and just how long of his career he had would be so cool. He was the first runner that I saw wearing Skechers. Um, yeah, he was their first big. Uh, yeah, he was their first. Ship. Yep. And, Followed uh, closely behind by Edward uh, Chesray. King Chesray, baby. Which were all three of us at those Pac 12 championships? And, uh, nope. Okay. Well, I think it was just us two. Was all two of us? Yeah. We were there. <laughs> it's a good day. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I think that's all I've got. Unless, do you have any more repeat questions? I mean, I've got so many. Come on, let's get two more. Two more uh, repeat questions. Finer, uh, do you use anything to prevent chafing, whether chest or crotchal region? Uh, I don't. I just wear half tights. Wear half tights. Yeah. Never. How many never wear pairs of these Tracksmith? I have two pairs have. of Tracksmith half tights. Big fan of Tracksmith, but I, think I have you've about running them every day that we've mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. I, they're the best half tights. <laughs> I. You guys don't need to sponsor, but you should. But I mean, you. It's top notch. I think I have about six pairs of half tights. Nice. Love Just it. I, you know, in marathons, it it's the best thing for preventing chafing. Um, yeah. But I don't use any sort of uh, uh, product. Favorite post run recovery liquid? Ooh. I mean, a beer, of course. <laughs> um, but immediately, I would say Topo Chico. Okay. The mineral water, the, ah. the sparkles, just satisfies me. Just the original. Yep. No flavor. No flavor. Just the bottle of Topo Chico. Okay. Uh, yes. I, I do have a lot. My, this is. I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with more. Who knows? Um, we are. You. You have a chance to run any course in the world over any distance, whether it's a marathon course, a specific track, mm. a potential cross country course. If you know anything about cross-country courses like I do. I don't know. Yeah, Branson um, Branson High School ran at our uh, elementary school at Cedar Ridge. Uh, it's, it was a terrible course, so don't pick that one. Yeah, don't pick that one. But yeah, any any international, like any course on earth, can't be the moon, but any course, mm. what is your distance, who's racing you, and why that course? Wow. You were going to say the moon, weren't you, until he told you you couldn't know. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You don't, necessarily need like super shoes to run on the moon that's a good point we don't have gravity keeping you going but my question is from mars like elon musk is tweeting out that like soon we are gonna have people on mars like i want to know what that's gonna be like yeah um can't pick that either sorry mostly earthal uh courses earthal okay not extraterrestrial yeah Yeah. just terrestrial just terrestrial (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh gosh 
I want to say the Berlin Marathon course. I think just running through the Brandenburg Gates would be remarkable. And if you could be able to say that you ran in the same race as this person. Elite Kipchoge. Okay. I mean. How far ahead of him would you not be? Well, are you, well, we, or we are you asking how far ahead would, would I need to start? I'm <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah. If so, you wanted to finish at the same time as him, how much of a head start would you need? Uh, so let's say he's so he's running Berlin uh, this fall. He's probably going for his beat his own world record, uh, which would be two one thirty. He would need to run two two one thirty six or faster. So I would need disgusting. probably. About a thirteen mile head start. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. I mean, okay, okay here's a whole half marathon. No, 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 no. Okay, let's say, let's say I'm I'm running the full. Uh-huh. I need to start probably an hour and fifteen minutes before he does. That's it's crazy. Wow, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, he's not slow. Uh, I have another question for you. Yeah. Uh, favorite running quote. It could be uh, by, it doesn't have to be like some famous person, just favorite running quote. I don't necessarily subscribe to it, given uh, my uh, recommendation to Josiah, whom you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, earlier mm-hmm. uh, today on our run. PTAC. Uh, PTAC. Um, just my philosophy is, on your easy days, take it easy. Don't try and push it. But Steve Prefontaine said, the best pace is a suicide pace, and today's a good day to die. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Um, we are wrapping it up here. What do we have for the evening planned, boys? What are we doing? What's left on the schedule? I'm kind of, I don't really know what we're doing. Well, we've got the, uh, is it Under Armour? Under Armour. Twilight Series, Twilight I think. Series. Yep. We've got a couple races. Does the running world allow Under Armour to uh, be associated with it? Apparently. But they got some good athletes and they're sponsoring. I'm, you know what? If it's hashtag good for the sport... I'm all about it. Ben, uh, why did your voice change right there? Um, this is Ben. This is Ollie Hall. Oh, uh, shoot. Ollie Hall is here? He came on down from Boulder. No way. World Champs. Uh, so you mean World Chimps. Yeah, Chimps. Uh, <laughs> down in Flake. Right. Uh, as, as Ben has transitioned <laughs> to being Ollie, uh, a, a two liter of Mountain Dew has also suddenly appeared on the table before <laughs> us. Perfect. As we know that Ollie is a fan of Incredible. Mountain Dew. No. Um, Under Armour. Under, if, it, if, it, if someone wants to put on track... Like a host a track meet and have quality, even if it's not quality, just like stream a live a track event. I'm all about it. Yep. Um, the one thing I think the track is lacking is notoriety. Like getting athletes to a track, like on a track, and then actually having it publicized and not under. Okay, this is gonna sound really bad, but I have a very strong opinion about certain brunch. But also, now, mine is, I, do, I have a loose, I have no opinion about brunch, as we... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, there are ways that the the people that are currently streaming sports services are limiting track and field being developed. I think that having only certain websites hosting certain events that require a very expensive subscription to mm-hmm. is limiting the general public from actually enjoying track. Um, and I think that if we were able to like Tracklandia, killing it, sound running, absolutely killing. It. I will gladly pay a five dollar entry fee to watch your pay per view track me, yeah. rather than paying a twenty dollar subscription fee to watch one track me that I'm probably gonna forget to like cancel my subscription anyway. 
But I like I'm paying five bucks for an entry ticket. Sound running, you're killing it. Incredible. And and I would add to that, you know, whether it's five or if they want to increase it to ten, one of the great things that Track Landy and, and Sound Running and some of the others do is that money goes to funding the uh, the athletes the, the bonuses or the, or the winning um, uh, runners the money you get top the three pool, right whatever. yeah the pool yeah. and I mean that is just an excellent model and so thankfully with support of some sponsors for, for those meets allowing them to not only offer those meets for a very good price one that still creates a financial incentive um, you know to help keep things going but I, I agree with Ben I think Trick Landy I think Sound Running um, some of the others that are Tracksmith I know has put some stuff on so uh, I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, just like streaming on YouTube too. Yeah. Um, really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Making it more accessible. Exactly. So, so I think we're watching some sort of Under Armour, what, what's the track meet tonight? It's a, so it's the Twilight Series. So they are hosting a series of track meets in Southern California, um, at all at one high school. And I think this week there's a couple 100 meters, a couple 200s, a 400 meter, uh, a mile, a couple miles actually, yep. and an 800. So there's like, some more sub-elite mile 800 heats, and then there's some very elite mile 800 heats. The 400s, I think, are also sub-elites. Sub um, and then the 100, 200s are all like a, both sub-elite and full-on borderline world championship quality athletes. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, it's already happened, so go look it up on YouTube. Um, I'm sure someone's posted a stream because someone that I'm going to beep out their name right here is hosting it and we don't have a subscription to that or if you don't want to purchase it someone will have it on YouTube um, so can I ask one yeah uh, of course repeat question real quick yeah. Ooh, you? wow yeah. I'm going to flip the script we don't, we don't get questions the I'm, athlete I'm asked the, the coach yeah. can we do another please sir may I have so another one has become the master yeah. yes <laughs> um, fun fact Peter loves Star Wars um <laughs> And Lord Brings. <laughs> so you just mentioned World Championships. Yep. Coming up in Eugene, Oregon, first time on U.S. soil. Yep. Right. Uh, pretty amazing. For the 1500 specifically, do you guys have predictions for top three? Ben, I defer to you. Yes. Um, Jakob Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Ingebrigtsen uh, as as Oli Hole calls him, Ingi. <laughs> uh, Ingi is going to take the win. I think that he is in pretty good form, um, and I think that he's just going to take back-to-back Olympic to world champ titles. And he's still a youngster. He's like 24 years old or something like that. He's ridiculous. Jakob's, I thought. I he think was, he's like Maybe 20. he's less than he's like 21, 21 or 22. 22. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's just been pro for so long. That's right. Yeah. That's mainly, I just remember, ah, right, before, right as COVID started, he ran a 5K on, a, on the road and like broke some Norwegian record or something yep. like that. Yeah. Anyway, he takes the win. Uh, I am a huge, if you can't tell, I'm a huge Ollie Hoare fan, and I think that he is in phenomenal shape. Just came in a second behind uh, Ingi at the, uh, I think it was the Oslo Games, the Oslo mm-hmm. uh, Diamond League. Ran 347 for the full mile. Ingi ran 346. Uh, and for third, man, it's either going to be Timothy Chariot, but I haven't been impressed with his racing this postseason um, or I think one of the Brits could shake it up. Um, all three of the guys that, that Britain has going for their team, I think, have a really good chance of mixing it up. Josh Kerr, Jake Whiteman, and who's the third? 
It's a great question. Okay. He's a guy that I have not seen in the professional scene much, but I know that he's freaking fast. Okay. Um, My prediction is that Jim Ryan will win the uh, 1500. He actually is stepping down in distance, uh, more well-known for running his uh, just the full mile. Yep. Um, Jim Ryan uh, making a comeback uh, after being a senator for the state of Kansas for quite a while. Um, and I believe he's in his late 60s, early 70s. Yep. Uh, and yet he's still my uh, prediction. Cool. I like it. Finder, do you have any predictions for the world champs? Specifically the 15. We won't get into the rest because I think you yeah, have to nerd I, out. I think we could talk for another hour on, on uh, the, all the other we'll races. Put that on our Patreon. I was going to say, I mean, it's, if you want to catch that, Patreon. We'll have an episode. Finder and I, Peter will be there. He'll just throw in some jokes. <laughs> Finder and I will just <laughs> shoot the shit about... Uh, the world champs. Did we get the shipment of shit in? Oh yeah. Because how are we gonna sh- how are we gonna shit it? <laughs> I just shipped my ninety. <laughs> Forgot about that commercial. Incredible commercial. Kmart. How do they go out of business? I don't know. Oh, stuff like that. Those of you listening now, you know what our runs back ten years ago sounded like. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, my predictions. I you know number one. Yeah, it's hard to bet against Inga Britson. I mean, he's just been in phenomenal shape. He seems to be healthy, not dealing with any injuries, so I'm going to stick with him for the first place. Uh, I think, man, not to copy Ben, but I think Ollie's performance in Oslo uh, was equally remarkable, and so I think goal. he's he's right there. And I'm going to throw it up for Josh Kerr, uh, Brooks Beast. Um, looked real solid uh, at the Olympics last year in Tokyo, and really had a strong... I'd say, what, final two or three hundred meters where he just worked his way up and uh, just closed really well. So yeah. He also had some really good indoor performances. Broke in the same race, the British indoor 1500 meter and the indoor mile record, which is nuts. Yeah, he's uh, just silly. He's a good guy. <laughs> uh, how do we think uh, Grant Fisher and Joe Klecker uh, stack up in the 10? Well, I think Woody Kincaid will also do well. Unless it's, it's, is he only he, in the five? He, didn't get, he dropped out in the 10. Uh, third place in the 10 was, don't tell me. Oh, uh, Sean McGordy. It was, was McGordy. BTC. Wow. Come That's on. Right. Um, I think Fisher, he's, he's going to be up there. He's going to be in the mix. I think he's fifth at the he, Olympics this past year. Yeah. I think he's going to be top three. I mean, he just opened up the, he, the gauntlet, um, at us champs. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you can't bet against well, he didn't. He didn't win the 10. He won the 5. Oh, that's Cle- what I was talking Clecker, about. Clecker. But like, with like a K out, true, Grant started true. kicking. He started bringing it home, yeah. And with the 26-35 underneath his belt, he is killing which it. Is the the new American which is the new American record and North American record. How does that time line up against others in this race? It is the... Like, oh, in this current race? Yeah, for this world. Like, does that time... I think that's the world lead. That? I think that's the world lead right now. I don't know if Joshua Cheptegei has gotten close in the 10. Yeah, Cheptegei, Chalimo, it'll be interesting to see what those guys do. And Sol- Chalimo's Solomon. not there. Hmm? Chalimo's not there. Or not Chalimo. Um, uh, uh, you're thinking of uh, Solomon Borrega. Well, Solomon Borrega, Joshua Cheptegei, but who's uh, the other Ugandan? Um, oh, Jacob Kiplimo. Kiplimo, yep. Yep, I think uh, those guys will be in the top five. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's all she wrote. We got a little fire to go to. Uh, we're going over to the to the ladies. We're meeting, not meeting for the first time, but we're <laughs> we're going over to the Finer's ladies' house. We're gonna go have some fire time. I don't know. I'm tired. Yep. Long run today was rough, mm. but good. It was good. We had a good day. Finer, thanks for hanging out with us. Ben, pleasure doing another episode with you. Yeah, baby. Thanks, guys. Brunch on. <laughs>